So this story is a familiar one to most of us. When I learned that this was the scripture text for today, I remember I immediately thought of sitting on these steps here, just in the fall, leading chapel for our preschool, and I read a story about Samuel. And the story was all about how he heard the Lord calling him. And I admit, I've always tried to place myself in this story as Samuel. To think about times when God has been calling me, but I wasn't able to recognize God's voice on my own. I enjoy reflecting on the different people in my life who've helped me discern God's voice. But I don't recall ever trying to place myself in the story as Eli. Maybe it's because I identify with the young child still learning about God more than I do the old priest who has had years of studying and doing God's work. But this week, I tried to imagine this experience from Eli's perspective. He's getting older. I can certainly identify with that after having my Achilles surgery this summer. His eyesight has begun to grow dim, and he couldn't see. Well, I thankfully still have my eyesight, but as of just a few months now, I I seem to have reading glasses scattered around my home and in my purse and always conveniently right there in my desk drawer. So maybe, maybe it is a good time for me to put myself in Eli's place. So I'm sleeping in my room after another day at the temple. Samuel, who so faithfully cares for me as part of his ministry to the Lord, comes running in my room, awakening me, from my sleep and says, here I am, for you called me. No, Samuel, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. I try to get comfortable again. I'm just beginning to fall asleep when he comes again. Here I am, for you called me. Samuel, no, I did not call you. I'm trying to sleep. You need to do the same thing. Go back to bed. It takes me longer this time to get comfortable, and I'm tired, and I really need some sleep before morning. Oh, God, please help me fall back asleep. And then a third time, I hear Samuel coming, and he says, Here I am, for you called me. I pause this time, and I think to myself, I may be blind, but I can see that God must be calling this boy. Samuel? Go lie down, and if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Samuel returns to bed, but I continue thinking. Samuel has always been obedient. He comes any time I call. He eagerly listens to me, and he genuinely wants to learn about God. Then my mind begins racing. Oh, am I right? Is God really calling Samuel? If so, what what is God saying to him? I know my sons have been disrespecting God, and I have not done enough to stop them. Will Samuel have a message for me? I continue to toss and turn, and I, I can't go back to sleep now. When will morning come? How long before Samuel comes to check on me? I would call, but what if God is still speaking to him? I'll just have to wait. Finally, I hear footsteps and a door open. Is it Samuel? 
oh, they're, they're very slow steps, not anything like the quick steps that Samuel usually has when he comes. But it must be him. Samuel, my son? And then I hear a much more hesitant, here I am. What was it that he told you? Do not hide a single thing from me. Almost 62 years ago, a young pastor received a late-night threatening phone call that told him to leave Montgomery immediately if he did not wish to die. With fear coursing through his veins, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. hung up the phone, stumbled into his, in shock into his kitchen, and using his shaking hand, poured a cup of coffee and sat down at the table to process what he had just heard and discern how to respond. We have this vision of a confident leader who took on racism and injustice with a message of nonviolence and love. But as Dr. King sat in his kitchen alone that fateful night, he was anything but confident. He was filled with fear, depleted by exhaustion, and trying to conceive of a plan that would allow him and his family to leave Montgomery without looking like a coward. As he sat in silence, Dr. King remembered he was not alone, and he called out to God as he prayed out loud. While he was looking for a way out, God would respond in an unexpected way. Dr. King explains in his book, Stride Toward Freedom, that what he experienced that night was the presence of the divine as he had never experienced God before. He heard his inner voice saying, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and God will be by your side forever. And after hearing those words from deep within, King said, almost at once, my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared, and I was ready to face anything. Dr. King was 27 years old when he received this epiphany that January night in the stillness of his kitchen. Just 27 years old, and God was telling him to stand up for justice and for truth in a world filled with violence that didn't want change. We have a story before us today where many didn't want change, but God spoke to a very young Samuel as he spoke to a young Dr. King. God told Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. God is bringing about something new, a change in power. A new day is coming, and Samuel is part of that new day. We focus on Samuel's obedient response to God and the difficulty of telling Eli this terrible news. But Eli's response is just as faithful and obedient. Eli knows this message means an end to him and to his family. And he knows also that it will bring a new day for Israel. So he faithfully responds, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him in the midst of hearing this devastating news. Dr. King was also part of something new that God was creating. 
it would have been much easier for him to leave Montgomery and let someone else lead this movement. But Dr. King chose to stay, to listen to God's voice, and to faithfully respond. This new thing that God was creating gained strength that January night when he heard God speak to him through that inner voice as he sat at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee. Today, we have a table before us too. On our table, we do not find the comfort of coffee, but instead the life-giving gifts of bread and wine through which God's grace comes afresh to us each time we dine. Some may come to the table as Eli initially ran to, as Samuel initially ran to Eli, with obedience, but not expecting to hear the word of God. Some may come to the table as Eli, recognizing that God is speaking and waiting patiently to hear the word before responding, it is the Lord. And some may come like Dr. King, exhausted and afraid, but authentically lifting those same words that Samuel faithfully spoke. Here I am, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We come to the table as individuals and as a community of faith. We come to receive the gracious invitation to an everlasting covenant, a new thing that God is creating. We are part of this new thing, this new creation that God is bringing about. God speaks to us today as God spoke to Samuel, Eli, and Dr. King. Sometimes we have ears to hear the call for ourselves. And sometimes we need people in our lives who recognize the call for us and encourage us to listen closer. God may not be calling us as prophets or to be leaders of a movement, but God is calling each of us, whether we recognize God's voice for ourselves, or whether we need someone to help us hear. In our own unique way, each of us are being called to participate in God's mission for the world. It isn't the magnitude of the call, but rather the faithfulness of our listening and of our response.